to batting around batting around to baseball podcast i'm co-host jane aust with me as always is lauren i'm lauren lauren <laughs> that's lauren Arden? yeah <laughs> some days you just get the words out yeah 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 and uh steven steven you can you can give us two yo's if you want because we got distracted by lauren's introduction last week and you actually didn't do one. <laughs> oh shit that's right uh <laughs> uh i don't know yo and yo okay cool we got a couple that was like a yes. spicy ready for the playoffs yo <laughs> yeah. uh yeah maybe who knows uh Definitely. The listeners yeah. will know because uh, this is coming out tomorrow. But I, <laughs> I, I, I do have I do have Phillies pregame live uh, on my second screen on mute. Their magic uh, numbers one though, right? It sure is. It, it yeah. is. Come on, you got you got a week left. Like it's fine. Uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> we can. We'll get into that. But first, let's introduce our guest, listeners. I want to take you on a journey here. Uh, we're about to have, you know, we're about to jump into like, you know, a big new story arc for the 2023 MLB season, you know, jump into the postseason. That's a big deal. So what do you do in like an anime or something before you go into that? Well, if you've listened to Couching Around before, uh, you might have listened to our episode on uh, Samurai Shampoo. Where right before they wrapped up the whole series, they played baseball for an episode. Or if you've watched that, damn near any other anime, you've seen a lot of other ones where they just go hang out at the beach for a while and do fun little little side stories with every character. Uh, and our next guest here kind of does that with us. This is the second year in a row we've done that, where we're just going to kind of talk about some other stuff. It's uh, Manu. AKA Manuclear Bomb. Welcome, Manu. Hi, thanks for having me back. I guess very literally, my job is beach. Your job <laughs> is beach. Manu's job is beach. Yes, yeah. I mean, jobs just you're getting paid for it. And Jane yeah. will not. We're still in contract negotiations to bring in outside support. You're still technically uh, a contractor, but yes. Yes, I'm a mic for hire. Yeah, uh, no, hire implies also that you're. Hey, that's <laughs> also, it. we're not using that intern, language here. Intern, Jane. Yeah, I'm doing this for the exposure because I do not have enough podcasts that I myself am on. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, welcome. What's have you have you been watching any any baseball this season? Um, I have watched more baseball this season than I have in the past couple of years, and that is solely because I have attended four Cubs games this year, which is Whoa. probably <laughs> oh, yeah. the most since 2017 for me, which was mm -hmm. the second to last season I watched regularly. So um, it was quite a lot. Um, didn't pay attention. One time I had these really shitty seats, and they were expensive shitty seats. Um, they were like Sounds right like under my experience, yeah, <laughs> right under the box. So it was like. 200 level seats and it's like a pretty good angle to home plate but like the boxes above you like cut off like the top half of your line of sight so you can't even read two-thirds of like the big scoreboard out in center field oh. um, i had no idea how many outs there were at any point in the game like i think the only thing was like kind of behind me to look at um it was just a miserable experience um but i did see justin Steele pitch i heard he's kind of all right um so that's cool yeah yeah, he's he's coming out of nowhere as an ace with that like weird that uh, awesome like frisbee slider that's so much fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, so uh, that's cool. That's about as much as I can remember. I think they beat <laughs> they beat whoever they were playing like nine to nothing, and it was a laugher. And that's the last I remember. Um, and I kept telling myself I was going to get into the Cubs. Um, at the start of September, I thought I might get into the Chicago Bears, and I'm like, hey, if the Bears have me into sports, maybe the Cubs will be welcoming. I'm I hear they're in the playoff race. <laughs> And then the Bears had one of the historically worst starts through two games there are. Um, and I'm not sure how much I'm into sports. But if the Cubs do make the postseason, which um, rumors are that it's very probable or possible, at least, um, I'll I'll definitely watch those games. It looks pretty good. It's looking pretty good. Yeah, I uh, I was kind of thinking through this earlier, like earlier this week on this, like the, the scrapiometer, the, the my, you know, proprietary measuring system of, system of ranking yeah, yeah. what the scrappiest teams in the playoffs are. <laughs> James Fiskel, yeah, okay. they didn't give the Twins a good score. You didn't uh, even uh, include them on the list originally. <laughs> I had a follow-up post saying they are 7A out of 15, okay. out of 14. Okay, I, I don't they think that... They are middle of the pack scrappy. Yeah, right. But I right. put the Cubs as the scrappiest team in the in the playoff hunt right now. 
Why don't you expand on that? What's what, well, what's what's the, what's the scrappy vibe with them? Two scrappiest guys on there. Say Suzuki, scrappy mm. slap hitter who cannot field. It's a fascinating comb- combination. And then uh, Cody Ballinger, former MVP, hasn't you know had has really struggled for the last couple of years, coming out of nowhere and being thirty five percent better than the average player, and uh, cranking out a couple home runs on the way. Well, it doesn't get any better than that. Twenty stolen bases, forty two stolen bases for Nico Horner. That's that's a scrappy characteristic. And uh, Justin Steele, kind of red ass looking guy out of nowhere, pitching his guts out with two pitches. Also, well, like so- Drew Smiley being on a team automatically adds like. <laughs> And scrappiness yeah. points for just yeah. that. Drew Smiley just does that, whether he's good or not. The, like like Manu and the Manu, the game that you went to, you said they like won by like nine, like nine run, nine to nothing. Like they have a hundred and one like positive uh, <laughs> run differential this season. So like <laughs> you'd think they'd have a better record than they do right now, but they do have like a great run differential too. Okay, no, that's like so they're like somewhat legitimately good as opposed to like smokescreen good. Because usually when people say I think so. uh, scrappy, yeah. that's like the S tier of crappy to me. Um, it's usually like <laughs> not hit- you're not hitting for power usually. That's why I think you mentioned um, Cody Bellinger's. I think that's like your like dream scenario when you get one of those mm-hmm. kind of like quote unquote has been free agents, like a guy that you're just kind of ha- hoping will, you know, his last three years were like the aberration. Um, and, you know, he worked out well, um, you know, Swanson, you know, that contract is whatever, but he's played well. Um, so I mean, very well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's cool that they're good. I mean, my problem with the Cubs was always that they were going to field about like an 82 win team. And then, you know, (laughs) some seasons that's going to break well and other seasons that's not, but they never seemed like they were shooting for higher than about 82 to 84 wins. Um, but this is like kind of the upper end of that performance and at least it's enjoyable. At least the people I follow my Cubs following friends, um, they're, pretty enthusiastic about the players if not like over the moon about the roster as a whole mm-hmm. exactly yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't say like this is not a team i would want to watch like a hundred and something games of in the regular season uh under any circumstances but for the purposes of like a playoff run only having to care for like a minimum of three games that's as far as emotional investment goes top tier choice right up there with the diamondbacks or uh orioles yeah i, I mean it is going to be a tough run there they're a bit they're a game up on the uh, marlins for the third wild card spot right now and they have like, easily a much harder schedule but yeah. it's teams that but they also are playing teams that like can rest on their laurels a bit here though mm-hmm. it's Atlanta and Milwaukee for their last six games and like those teams are going to be fine they don't really have to worry about it very much yeah. um where the Marlins are playing the Mets and the Pirates who also are like <laughs> so far out of it, they don't give a shit. So who knows how that how this is all going to break? The... But like, it should be an exciting couple last couple of days last week. Of yeah, the the season the, for, the, for the, the Royals sweeping the, the Astros proves that there is like no, there is no like bottom to the well of how far a team can fall in terms of uh, he, ab- abject humiliation in front of it, like a disaster team. And speaking of that, uh, I think the diamond the Diamondbacks and the Cubs are tied for second wild the wild the second wild card right now. The Diamondbacks' remaining schedule, they got three against the White Sox, which, like, yeah, great, feast on that. But they have three against Houston, which is probably the hardest series left of any of these wildcard teams because mm-hmm. Atlanta's a better team. Milwaukee might be a better team. Uh, L.A., who the Giants are playing. Giants are not involved. But, like, mm-hmm. the Giants have L.A. Um, those are all as good if not better teams than houston but they're not trying and houston is fighting for its fucking life and yeah uh, the the final series between the astros and the diamondbacks could be extremely interesting because both teams have stiff competition for playoff spots so maybe going into some deeper cubs lore here you know you know about all the heartbreaks about (laughs) oh three and oh seven and oh eight um, yeah. One of the ones that really hit me was 2004. Um, this was like mm-hmm. at the nexus of two Cubs teams. This is when they still had Sammy Sosa and Moises Alou, um, mm-hmm. but they had acquired Derek Lee and Aramis Ramirez, their next big hitters. And they acquired Nomar Garcia Parra in the, um, what's it called, trade deadline. Um, and uh, the Cardinals were running away with the division. The Cardinals were very good at this point. Um, but the Cubs looked like they they probably locked down the wild card. There was just one wild spot there for the kids who weren't alive back then. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what's it called? Uh, Saturday or like a Saturday in New York. 
Um, Latroy Hawkins blows like a three-run uh, save against uh, the Mets. Legend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the the rest of the week they were playing like the Reds and the Pirates, and they just completely shat the bed and blew the wild card spot. Um, that was the last time like guys like Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood would like really be mentioned as part of a going concern as a Cubs roster. Wood obviously came back as a closer many years later, but um, that was like. We had four or five guys who hit 30 home runs that year. Um, it was just like an insanely sick team, and they just completely shat the bed. Um, it gets lost in the Bartmans and the sweeps of 07 and 08, mm-hmm. but um, that one also sticks out in uh, Cubs fans' minds. It's just yeah, the last week sucks, man. The last week can not- really suck. <laughs> It's not your flash in the pan, razzle dazzle, uh, fucking up a season. It's the work pal nine to five, uh, <laughs> really, really blowing it at the finish line kind of yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. One other thing I want to complain about that's kind of wild card tangent <laughs> is Google SEO, um, because a couple times prepping for my appearance here, I was like, let me Google the standings so I know who's in it. And if you <laughs> Google just like the NL AL standings, Google will give you the standings right up front. You Google yeah. NL wildcard and it gives you links and you have to yes. click on something like they're trying to sell us fucking AI and Google search can't even give me wildcard standings when I type in NL wildcard. It is. That's infuriating. Absurd. It's a disaster. What's what is Bing do? Let's check out Bing. <laughs> I like Bing. I'm on, I'm, I'm they, on the Bing train. Uh, they're not paying us, Lauren. Come on. <laughs> can we make oh, okay. Bing the official search of Major League Baseball? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think not because Bing does the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you're listening, Bing, fix that. Get your shit together. A, but yeah, there's a there's a market opportunity for you. Uh, the for for you know two weeks a year, a whole bunch of baseball people will be doing that, or a, a handful of baseball people will be doing that. <laughs> One person will be doing. That. Yeah. Yeah. I do this. I do the same thing too. So I I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, every day when I type in twins. Uh, if I didn't watch the game, you know, didn't I look at the standings? And then, I mean, I haven't had to worry about wild card positioning this year because <laughs> uh, it was going to be either, you know, they win the division or they don't or they don't go to the playoffs. So uh, I haven't had to worry about that, really. God. Yeah, that, that AL West is hilarious. The oh, I'm so bummed about Seattle fucking face planting against the I Texas know. teams. I mean, they still have a chance to pull it out, but it is not looking good right now. What mm-hmm. a bummer. They had such a great like comeback story going after the uh after the trade deadline. Like even after, you know, trading away their closer. <laughs> Although I think then, uh... I think there's there's what six games left. I think if they win out, Houston gets locked out of the postseason. Uh, so Seattle, please win out. Thank that'd you. Be wonderful. God, that'd please be do the funniest possible thing. Yeah, exactly. Because they got two games against Houston and four against Texas, and I think fate is in their hands. Yeah, fate is literally like they have it. They will. Mm-hmm. They will have no one to blame but themselves if they do not make it. Um, and if they do make it, then we will have a blessed AL bracket. The NL side will continue to be cursed, but um, you know, there, there, there's some, there's some interesting stuff going on over there too. Yeah, if we had no Astros, no Yankees, no Red Sox AL side, no Red Sox, and the Orioles winning the AL East. Yeah, it'd be wonderful. That really would be wonderful. Is that official yet? Oh no, it's not. They've clinched the a wild card spot, but they they're still so close to Tampa Bay yeah. that that's not set in stone yet. Magic number, I believe, is four. No, sorry, three. Yeah, the Rays elimination number is four. There's news today that Carlos Correa could be coming back during the Twins' last series during uh, against the Rockies uh, later this week, and that uh, and that Royce Lewis has been swinging a bat. So hopefully his hamstring injury isn't so bad that he can't come back for the playoffs. That would be, God, I need that so bad. I just, I need them to win a game so bad. And I don't feel, (laughs) don't feel super scared by Houston or Seattle right now. So that would be really wonderful. I want so badly for you to get that moment of finally. (sighs) 18 games in a row, 18 (laughs) playoff losses. I don't know how that's possible. If they don't do it, the podcast yeah. might just have to stop. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you can, you have it to keep doing this and yeah. keep doing the logistical work of it for us. Yeah. I just like, I'll just be completely dead inside. 
uh, it's just it's just my yeah just my it'll just over. be me um, and lauren talking to each other and then at the occasional grunt like uh yeah. yes i acknowledge <laughs> that i heard these things. i'll have to change it back to video then you'll just like yeah i'll cut to jane and like i'm just on the couch like <laughs> not even listening like playing Baldur's gate yeah yeah <laughs> okay well so there's the sports talk radio that happened while we were in the car on the way to the beach. Let's get to the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's 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 go to the beach each. Um, I gotta tell you, I'm five. Finally, have time to play Baldur's Gate again. Yeah, because I had to stop for a really long time. Uh, I'm having a blast. It's I'm good. I'm at the end of Act Two now, and it's so it's really good. good game. I love Act Two. Act Two is really two is good. so good. I think it's one of the best kind of like parts of a, like you know main parts of a video game that i've ever played really like part like mm-hmm. act two is so good i had a beautiful moment where i was you know like i mean i'll talk vaguely so that there's no spoilers but like i'm like undercover with all the baddies uh and i talked to this one this one guy who's just like so utterly repulsive and i'm just <laughs> like i want to kill you so bad and then i'm like i can't what if i just killed you what would happen here <laughs> and then i just killed him and it was great it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I read a thing that said that, like, they have backup NPCs for so many of, like, the important story things. Mm-hmm. Like, like up to, like, three or four different ones just to make sure <laughs> that you can't actually, like, destroy the game. <laughs> you can't sever the threads of prophecy or whatever it is in Morrowind that says there when he kills yeah. someone important. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, Manu. What have you been watching? What have you been playing? What have you, what have you, what have you been up to? Let's, you're let's our, let our guest go, Steven. You're our pop culture guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this is where things turn great because I have nothing. Oh, no! <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I did the whole Barbenheimer dead reckoning thing, mm-hmm. but I think mm. that's the last time I really watched anything new. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I, ha- I can't remember if I've watched any television this year. Oh, I watched Succession back in April. Um, (laughs) And the last video game I played was uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, So it has been a while. Um, Instead, I've been um, thinking about the Roman Empire a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I miss that. I miss when I had thought about the Roman Empire all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you went on Nestradial, it doesn't happen as much. Uh, no, it's That's funny. The Byzantines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Byzantines are dope, by the way. I just found out yeah. about uh, Theophilus, and he had like beacons in the mountains, like in Return of the King from Lord of the Rings, where they light the beacons, and it warns Gondor. That's that's what. Oh, uh, sure. That's a Theophilus jam. Huh? Uh, but <laughs> the Byzantines, they're great at like organizing stuff like that and getting coming up with cool systems. So of course that that was based off a Byzantine thing. <laughs> That really rolls. a shame we turned the word into like meaning the opposite. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, but... so I missed I missed the origin of that meme. Someone oh, just posted some like tweet. She just like asked her boyfriend, "Are you like are you thinking about the Roman Empire?" And he was like, "Yeah." And it, you know, someone writes one story, oh. someone writes another story, and it just becomes like a, a it's harmless. I it's thought it was I thought it was yeah. a bigger thing than that. No. Oh, okay. It's be was. Like a like a like a broader like oh they're you're gonna do like the Roman meal at McDonald's or whatever but that's an example they're not literally doing that it's that it's like that level of like yeah yeah mm. once they saw like all the dudes being like oh yeah I think about the Roman Empire all the time then it became a very like gendered conversation like mm. men think like this and women think about this and stuff like that well, and it got... well, well gay men think about the Greeks yeah, yeah that's think a good about point. Sparta. Yeah, and women. Let's be honest. Women, women all had a Titanic face. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fuck. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of people have a Titanic face. See, it's seven. It's seven. It's all jet. It's all very silly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. the worst I saw was uh, someone put, uh, "This is the Roman Empire for women," and it was all the adaptations of Anastasia and like various oh, Roman movies. And I'm like, oh. Jesus Christ! You pick like the one thing that's somehow worse than the Roman Empire <laughs> to think about. Yeah. Uh, but it's oh, it's no. actually funny. So um, back when I started the Metal Gear podcast a couple years ago, um, you know. Those are steeped in like Cold War history, yeah, so which I'm I'm just finally finishing up right now. 
Um, <laughs> I put it on the I put it on the back burner for a little while uh, after the Revengeance one, but I'm just now finishing up the V stuff. I appreciate oh, it. Hell but yeah. um, but so yeah, so it's like, well, I'm going to do this podcast, so maybe I should learn a little bit about like. Oh, Gray Fox is from Rhodesia. I wonder what's going on in Rhodesia. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no! Yes. <laughs> what's going on in Rhodesia? Yeah. So, yeah. so th- nothing good. So, yeah. so you know that kind of got the ball rolling, and not you know I've read like you know the basics. I've read a bunch of Zinn and you know yeah. Lenin and Mar. So I like I know history, but I'm not like an expert on it. Um, and then uh, last year, um, right when I talked to you guys, I mentioned. We're about four to five episodes into this TV show called Andor, and it might actually end yeah. up being very good. <laughs> um, and then through that, uh, one of Tony Gilroy's interviews after episode six, which is a big like uh, heist uh, scene or heist episode, mm-hmm. um, he says, like, oh, yeah, I based it off of uh, Stalin's train heist uh, back in like 1911. <laughs> yeah. um, and then he says, mm-hmm. I learned about it through uh, Mike Duncan's uh, Revolutions podcast. So I'm like, oh, this would be good. Uh, maybe I should listen to this, especially because I never took a Euro history class. Like, I do not give a fuck. Like, one of the true privileges of being a brown man is we can just say white people. We don't really have to distinguish between you guys. <laughs> and, like, the only history we really care about is, like, what's it called? The imperialism and the colonialism stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so that just got me onto like, a role with history. I've read about 20 history books and listen to about another 20 history podcasts in full since then. So I am like always thinking about this. And when that Roman empire prom came up, I, my first thought was actually of Steven. Um, yeah. Cause when we talked about banshees of Inna Sharon last year, um, Steven basically dumped the entirety of Irish history on me. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's not true. So uh, we were talking and Manu made it clear to me that he didn't know anything about Irish history. And I had, I had a slow day at work and a lot of caffeine and I uh, hyper-focused on giving him way, way too much information about, <laughs> like, I, I started from the beginning, like the Roman <laughs> Empire beginning that, exactly, of Irish what... history. And I got to, I got to the troubles and I didn't even, I did not, I did not touch on the troubles because that was going to be way too much. <laughs> And I was already so exhausted by that point. Um, but that was, oh God, that was. But that much. was the exact, that was the exact thing. It's like, yeah, I think about the Roman Empire. I think about the Roman Empire never making it to Ireland and how that would impact <laughs> its growth for the next 2000 years. Or um, I was listening to something about the Italo-Ottoman War of 1911. Mm-hmm. And Italy basically thought North Africa belonged to it because of Roman Empire. Yep. Um, so then you're like, see, so like there are ways to like, think about the Roman empire in like normal ways, not, no, that's not really normal, but um, like the people who are responding on on Twitter with the blue check marks, (laughs) they're like, you know, Caracalla had some good points when he like murdered the Parthian wedding, uh, like family and stuff like that. Like uh, those are the people that like, you know, valorize the like Roman legions and the phalanx and like talk about battle formations. Like those people are obviously chuds and shitheads and like return freaks or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It's the Roman empire was kind of a big deal. Um, So um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird that it turned into this weird gendered, I don't know, kind of conversation. Um, But it just, that's kind of what I've been thinking about. I've been reading Eric Hobsbawm's uh, histories. I don't know if anyone's Oh no! I'm actually starting. I would like to a couple of chapters deep in one of those too. Yeah. So I've yeah. Uh, he's basically done. He's done a lot of books, but he's done basically mm-hmm. four books that go from like 1789 through 1991, and I'm reading the last of those, and they're all oh. very well structured. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all have like they're not just like this is what happened, but he's actually explaining it with like a historical material analysis. Um, he. It's just great. I, I obviously I do not want to explain the last two hundred years of world <laughs> history on this podcast, um, but it, it's like really opened my eyes in terms of how I don't want to talk about baseball history. though. So let's just let's do it. Let's let's start it right now. So the dual revolution is the all right. Thing. All right, no, <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. Huh? Uh, but it's just it it's like fascinating. I think you know, kind of as someone who's very left wing, um, it like only helps to know this stuff because I think it proves that the way things are are by no means inevitable and they have not really been in effect that long and things can be easily changed. Um, I don't 
need to quote like Ursula Le Guin, but I think we all know that like capitalism is theoretically escapable. Um, but it helps to like have the history and understand the struggles and just like not be a total dipshit because right now most <laughs> of social media is like doing low key Nazi apologia or even it's crazy high key Nazi apologia. High high end low key, which is, is which is like a, a, a twin like pincer from hell because you yeah. got you have like the actual literal nazis just being actual literal nazis and then you have people who are theoretically not but are becoming nazi apologists because of how fucking stupid they are and how illiterate they are to these to to like they have no critical thinking skills no one has critical thinking skills anymore <laughs> uh. Too much in the last couple of days seemed to like, so what if, you know, the Canadian parliament applauded a Nazi? Like, you know, it's not a bit. He was fighting the Russians. It's okay. And it's everything's just got so fucking stupid. Yeah. You're supposed to sublimate the Nazis into your like space and military programs. You're not supposed to actually right. march them out there for applause. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Whole- you're just supposed to grab their research that they don't, you know, don't worry too much about where they got it. And apply that to your medical field. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, when will Clippy be put on trial? <laughs> yeah, that's where I'll... Operation Paperclip. That's Operation Paperclippy. Paper yeah. Oh, I thought this was an anti AI thing, like Clippy from Microsoft Word was. That's what uh, I was talking about. Yeah. But he's the origin yeah. of all AIs. He is like patient zero of artificial <laughs> yeah. intelligence. Oh, I didn't realize that. I think I actually saw that ChatGPT or the Pentagon, they were either like releasing their own version of it or like buying ChatGPT service to like make oh. something for the CIA to have their own like foreign affairs related AI. And I think maybe that's like oh. the, the the Clippy reboot we need. We're so fucked. It's like the, we're so the absolutely fucked. Doing like the commando, like lock and load animations where he's like strapping the belt on him, about to go invade Panama. Yeah. It's it is really wild how like, you know, the CIA and came and came from, you know, these these old days of these really, you know, rough and tumble uh OSI or uh, OSS guys, OSI's venture brothers. Uh and <laughs> OSS guys uh, and then just all of the psychos that came after them built this stuff up and then it's just like everything else like all the rich men who you know passed on their businesses to their fail son kids like the CIA <laughs> has also just gotten less and less competent over the years but they're still extremely well funded so they can get away yeah. with doing whatever they wanted but they're just getting worse and worse at it and we are going to see that now where it's just like okay now the intelligence agency is run by AI and it's going to be so fucking stupid it's going to be so stupid. <laughs> the Clippy Intelligence Agency. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess uh, I guess the other reason I probably haven't, uh, probably not, but we should probably talk about the strike a little bit or yes. um, what's yeah, going yeah, on yeah. in Hollywood. Um, yeah. Because, uh, that, yeah. That big, big news big today. News. Yeah. So we got what, uh, SAG or reached a deal, right? SAG. SAG after. Well, they, there's a tentative. Um, okay, WGA yeah. 10 is a tentative deal. SAG after. Both expanded their striking uh, strikes to be picketing right. outside of uh, animation stu- uh, video game studios, which is That's very right. cool. Hell yeah! Uh, but the WGA has a tentative agreement at this point. We don't know what it, it, it contains. It still needs to be publicly announced and mm-hmm. uh, approved by both WGA East and West. And then it finally has to go to a vote before um, the whole membership. But they released a statement saying we really believe this is a good deal. Yeah, we're very excited to work, and it, a bunch of shows are already kind of gearing up. So it sounds like that... the wheels are are moving again that statement from the wga uh lauding the deal may be really hopeful yeah no the fact yeah. that people are saying this looks like they're kind of meeting us where we want them to meet us mm-hmm. uh is actually really encouraging i know a lot of people were running with the uh, oh drew barrymore should have held out another week but i think it's the opposite <laughs> kind of uh, workflow here or flow mm-hmm. of things i think that was actually kind of a little bit of an eye opener to the response and kind of like where public opinion might be on this and what yeah, kind absolutely. of they may have lauren i thought you made a really good point the other day where it's like you know these these rich guys they should have uh you know kept kept newspapers relevant <laughs> because they were really good at turning the public against uh the baseball strikes and the writers strikes before and it does not work as well anymore when they can't do that that is so true 
So yeah. true, and, Queen. You, I mean, all of us remember, we're all of us remember like the reaction like newspapers had to the baseball strikes and, the, and also the steroid yeah. scandals, if not like the yep. immediate response. But like the national outrage was so driven by crusty old opinion colonists. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're just we're more or less using it to fight like a like a like a proto proxy war, uh, like cult culture war against players for trying to, uh, you know, the millionaires versus billionaires thing that, that spun out of all that. Or what I was talking about earlier with the fail sons who don't know how to maintain their uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> maintain their father's empires. Then uh, they 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 jettisoned a lot of the tools that their you know their their dads used before. And they don't know how to do it anymore, so it's not working. And so, like, you know, to the benefit of these these writers here, and uh, and you know, the, and um, hopefully the auto workers too now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the deal with yeah. that? I haven't checked on that lately. The president was I, there today. When? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God, that's right. Yeah, so funny. Just like showing up being just some random old guy yeah he you know he breaks the train uh train workers the rail workers <laughs> like union but does this i don't know well, cars are more important is the yeah thing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, god damn it don't get yeah. me started on cars <laughs> oh buddy no same i there was there was some someone posted today on twitter like a topographic map of the u.s as a reason why we don't have high-speed rail uh they should look at a topographic map of japan and see what they're doing there or Um, china or switzerland or like yeah no like get the fuck out of here lady and it's like yeah you don't you don't realize i can't use a train because i have to commute from chicago to denver every day so it's just too big for a train yeah fucking that's the stupidest shit yeah um the bigger it is the more efficient the trains are <laughs> you idiots come on um <laughs> uh but yeah. then also i i do think it's worth noting that trump is going uh to michigan tomorrow uh where he'll be speaking at a non-union shop mm. uh and you, you see all the time in the media about this it's really irritating you see articles headlines like Biden and Trump both go to see auto workers. Like, no, they're doing very no. different things. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, Trump see- is not invited. And also notice all the right wingers will just say they stand with workers. They will never actually voice any support for unions, but will use no, no, every right, right, weasel right. word around to yeah. make it seem as so. Did you see Trump's thing the other day about windmills? I mean, he's been talking about windmills <laughs> a lot for, for a long time, but now he's talking about how windmills are killing whales. <laughs> What? Which is, yeah, he's like in South Carolina. There, there's all the whales are washing up on the shore, and nobody knows why. It's the windmills, and it's like, well, no, I think there's a lot of other stuff going on with the ocean right now uh, that aren't related to windmills. But uh... I think that's one that he just picked up as a grievance from like rich, like rich yeah. um people grievances, because that's something we see for years on like the Cape and like the. The East Coast, like uh, Cape Cod types, were like yeah. putting windmills on their on their beachfront property. And I think that's just like like that's been in his, percolating in his head from back when he was friends with liberals, and it's just kind of still like percolated on down through his culture war melted brain. I just think it's awesome that he's now added Moby Dick to his Don Quixote uh, <laughs> anti windmill thing. It's so cool. Like... <laughs> yeah. it's literally the western canon he's adapting into his stump speeches yeah he's never read a book in his life and it shows that he's just like we gotta take on windmills <laughs> like, <laughs> we gotta kill the whale we gotta <laughs> kill this whale <laughs> yeah it's so cool so cool uh, I would like I would love to have him read Moby Dick and just say what he thinks about it. I think that would be like a really, really ch- fun. Like page by page, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, page by page would be fascinating, especially. <laughs> yeah. A, a Donald Trump narrated Moby Dick. <laughs> Maybe that's how we, like, they would say, like, we pay for the issues from, like, the January 6th, like, the damage that was done to the Capitol. It's like, uh-huh. if he gets sent to prison, we just give him one book in a live stream, and if he can get through the whole book on yeah. the live stream... 
We'll charge for the live stream. And if he can get through the whole book, we'll we'll let him out of prison, whatever that is. Yeah. It's his only way to avoid a death sentence in there. And that's what he can do instead of, you know, making license plates or whatever. He yeah. Can, he can narrate and comment on Moby Dick. That sounds awesome. Uh, lock him up. Let's that sounds a joke. Yeah. I really want to see it. That'd be, I, 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 that'd be I, I, so entertaining. Yeah. He's so sick. Uh, <laughs> It would probably end up making a lot of money and end up enriching the Trump estate even more somehow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but like, what's what's he going to do with it? <laughs> That's true. What's right. he going to do with more money? It's not like he pays anyone. <laughs> he doesn't spread it around to like bad causes. Because <laughs> even all yeah, of his, his like, kids aren't even getting any of it. Yeah, no. even even his like fucking, you know, shitty, awful lawyers and everyone who represents them, he doesn't pay them. <laughs> so like, it's not like any of that money would ever go towards anything. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I I know like this like regardless of the strikes and stuff. I I I know what you mean. Where you haven't like been watching a ton of stuff because I've mostly been watching like mm -hmm. older stuff too. Damn. I mean, even like the newer, even like stuff that was new to me has been like old. Like I just finally watched the um, interview with a vampire show from last year. God, I got it. Mm -hmm. Really do good. That. Everybody's it's really good. So good. At me too. Mm -hmm. It's so good. The explicitly gay one. It's great. <laughs> uh, with um. I think his name is Jacob Anderson. The, you got it right. The, yep. Yeah, he's the Grey Worm actor. <laughs> oh, he's uh, so good. He's so good. He's really great in this. Really great. He's um, also a DJ and a hip hop artist. Uh, you should look up Rally Richie on uh, Spotify or whatever. Um, he's actually got he's got some jams. I okay. actually have a few of his songs in my Spotify because they fucking they rule. I think that show does a really good, like it really nails. I, I, you know, I grew up in New Orleans in like the zeros, like the peak of like the Anne Rice whole mm -hmm. thing. So like the gay gothic vampire vibe was something I really appreciated as a kid. It mm -hmm. really, the show really threads the needle on like hitting what was like cool about that and avoiding most of like the weirdly too Catholic stuff about that. Yeah, nice. it's really hard to do given how those books go over time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially the way they had Lestat just be like, "Fuck God, I hate God." Like, <laughs> it's really good, really, really good. But yeah, like watch that, and then okay, I can tell I'm really going through it right now. That stuff's been going on like hard because like my second monitor show is like I did another rewatch of The Wire, and mm. it's like yeah, the best, the best copaganda there's ever been. But like, just like yeah, I can tell I'm I'm going through it when I'm when I'm rewatching that show. For sure. In honor of the Orioles. It's yeah. very appropriate. <laughs> also, That's right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just like they said in that show, Orioles won't pay for pitching. Like, <laughs> it's, it's happening again. Like, oh, uh, I, McNulty's one of the all time great drunks on TV, though. So that's yeah, a good one. He is. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the worst, one of the worst uh, journalists. Yeah. Yes. Skip season five. I, I have similarly also not been watching a lot of new stuff, although I am excited for um, the upcoming. Castlevania series that mm. premieres oh, on yeah. the 28th. Because I really like that show. I really like the Netflix animated show. And I really like the setting for the new one. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. Oh, what's the, what's the new one? It's set during the French Revolution. Oh, fucking sick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Netflix will get my money for one month. Yeah. Yeah, because the last uh, series, you know, they they kind of wrapped that one up. Like it really, it really wrapped up, but it was great. I loved that the all all the seasons of that. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I thought it was excellent, and the animation is fantastic too. So really uh, good, like especially mm -hmm. in that last season and the last couple showdowns, they really like up their game. Um, mm -hmm. this is also uh, it's returning without its uh, sex pest creator, uh, Warren yes. Ellis. We uh, love so her. That's also right. a boost. So um, yeah, I'm gung ho about the show. I think it's like one of the I kind of am anti-Netflix, especially their original programming and movies. Um, but this Castlevania project, it had juice, and I'm glad to see it coming back. Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I like I have a I there's a weird amount of like animated stuff on there that I like, but it's none of the like the like the the sex comedy, like a, a cartoon for adults kind of things that are popular, like that you or that they try to sell as popular. It's all like the like the weirder animated mm. import or the weirder kind of shows like this that are just like not as like the the violent saga is also like pretty okay. Like there's like little bits in there that it's that's really kind of good, but I also do want to give this, this is a kind of a weird shout out because it's not like a series or anything. Amazing YouTube video, um, like an hour and a half documentary, hour and a half to two hours. It's like totally it's like doing the John Boyce thing, 
literally like built in Google Maps, like built in, like it's it's so closely following the John Boyce formula. But it's by a YouTuber called Bobby Broccoli, and it's the $21 billion hole in Texas about the failed attempt to build a particle accelerator in East Texas and all of like the drama behind it of like the the politics of it, the scientific, you know, the, the scientists who are like trying to like war with the contractors who are trying to, it's like, it has a surface level ex examination of the, the, the science. It's enough for like a lay person, but it's fascinating because it does it, the John Boyce thing so well. I have already added this video to my watch list. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Highly recommend. I'm so in. The only thing I watched recently is I last night I watched for the first time My Dinner with Andre. Oh and yeah. What a great movie. It is a great movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that for probably a decade. I should watch that again too. It's a good movie. It, yeah. It was it, it was great because I watched it with friends and half of us loved it and the other half fucking hated it. <laughs> and that's the best kind of movie. Uh the big one I crossed off my list is I finally saw JFK. Um, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. that that was fantastic. Um, That's a real always, one. Yeah, it, it's just a lot of fun. A lot of great guys in it. Um, Kevin Costner oh, yeah. as a leading man is endearing in his subpar way. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. yeah. like, he's not really up for it, but he damn, he's trying. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> I I, re I really love the movie. I'm also like not very knowledgeable about all the things around JFK stuff. Like everything. Oh I yeah. Through, like blowback or. Uh, Thomas O'Neill's book. Um, so like, I haven't really like dived into all the conspiracy theories. Um, I'll admit, I didn't really know what the reference Zupruder film was. Uh, oh, until really? I watched, yeah. <laughs> and like Lauren specifically uses it a lot. I think I've heard her mention Zupruder <laughs> film more than anyone I've ever known. So yeah, I just... that's another, it's another New Orleans thing. Oh, conspiracists are either from New Orleans or like New Orleans is a big part of the lore because Lee Harvey lived there for years. And then the prosecutor uh, mm -hmm. for that case that he plays in the movie Kevin Costner plays is the New Orleans DA. And they shot a bunch mm -hmm. of that movie there. So yeah, as a result um, of this, I have I... in the back of my head, I'm constantly thinking back into the left. <laughs> into the left. It's always gone. I haven't seen, I've seen that movie, but I haven't seen it in like over a decade because, and this is a very fun, very fun bit of lore, Stephen lore. Uh, I saw that movie because it was required by my English teacher in high school. <laughs> she was just like, no, everybody's got to watch this. Everybody's got to watch this and write about it. It's it's this is just this is so important. That rocks. That's and so I'm, cool. And I God, I wonder what she's doing now. She was oh God. I should watch I, that uh, again, honestly. Yeah, I think it's still I, a good movie. Yeah, that's another one I haven't seen in like ten years that that I should definitely watch. I uh, I still love my favorite like JFK conspiracy theory that I choose to believe is that uh, his head exploded because a Secret Service guy like stood up and uh, with his rifle and like accidentally just blew his head off like after the first <laughs> shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, he had his old AR fifteen or whatever and just like stood up from the from the. Um, uh from the convertible and just pop like accidentally <laughs> discharged i think like that would be would be the funniest result if we could go back in time and see what happened uh what else we got here yeah i don't i don't have much in way of movies which is such a bummer because like i've been very movie focused for like two or three years now but the past mm -hmm. two months i've i've watched practically nothing and it's just because like i've just been so busy and I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping I can thread the needle uh, this October between baseball and uh, horror movies. But time will tell on that one because yeah, um, the Criterion Channel has so many fun horror movie collections that they just dropped recently, and I'm just, I hope I get to them. Who knows. Maybe maybe not getting to them wouldn't be such a bad thing either because that would mean other things are happening. But we're not sure. we're not gonna get into that. Uh, I do have to pitch um, one of my favorite movies that's coming to Criterion Collection next month. Um, that is Dark City. 
Um, it Love is Dark a City. 1998 sci-fi <laughs> film that's kind of been mm-hmm. not regularly available streaming for whatever yeah. reason. I don't know what the rights issue is. Um, it's not quite a horror movie. It's definitely not a horror movie, but it's got a spooky, noirish feel to it. So it would be good for October viewing. I don't even know this movie. It's fantastic. Okay. Roger Ebert, I think, called it the best movie of the year for 1998 or 97. Um it's Kiefer Sutherland before he was Jack Bauer back in the 90s. He only played like weird little guys or racist Yo, yeah, little guys. I was guys. about to say he is <laughs> such a weird little guy in that movie. It's yeah. awesome. Um, and yeah. Jennifer Connelly is, you know, smoking hot. I like to take a propaganda at her. Um, yeah. All that stuff. Uh, I think it's a movie that not a lot of people know about, but everyone who does like loves it. And it's one of my personal mm-hmm. favorites. So if you're looking for something um, that would be... Uh, my shoe in of the month is uh, Dark City. <laughs> Dark City rules. I, it's a very cool movie. I always thought it's one of those movies that, like, if it hit three or to five percent less weird, it would have been on like the like it would have been on like a like a a, a cable channel every single day. Yeah, one who like who grew up in the nineties would remember like like certain scenes of it, but because it was just a little bit too weird for like the USA Network or whatever, it never really it found like that cult audience other than like the the like the real. Feel like film buffs who could seek it out, like on on VHS. Mm-hmm. It looks like a proto Underworld. No, uh, it's not what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's like really hard to describe what it is. Without and also, getting very it's, what is? Are those Cenobites? They, they are. They got, they got some guys that are pretty Cenobite ish. Like they're <laughs> they're they kind of they kind of drew some stuff from Cenobites a little bit in the the antagonists of that movie. Yeah. This is all right. This has gone on my list. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. Put that on. I know you do your big October horror thing, and this isn't exactly horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's it's close enough. It's it's got like enough like uh weird sci-fi noir mix that kind of like it could pass for horror if you're squinting. I think. These screenshots are getting progressively more unhinged. I love it. Okay, I'm going to stop looking now and (laughs) just watch the damn movie. Hell yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Good call. Very good call. Um, Well, cool. I think... uh, Go ahead. Oh, we got some questions for you, Manu. We do have some questions. Hit me. All right. Let's see here. Let's go to uh, good, good old Metal Gear one here. Delaware Smash in the Discord says uh assuming they had the time what mlb team would the following be fans of big boss venom snake post revelation and solid snake uh solid snake would be a mariners fan um he's an alaska boy i think he would just kind of fit into the seattle group venom snake is a yankees fan because he has no real personality (laughs) and it's imprinted on him so he would just go wherever the wind blows and i think the yankees are a good i think so too um big boss I have a I have a, a one on this, even uh, though I think he was born in California and stuff. But I there wasn't a ton of baseball at West back then when he was born. I was gonna um, say Dodgers, but Brooklyn Dodgers. But I want to hear your call. I think he's a Cardinals fan. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know I mean, why. That's the vibe I get. Like I mean, they're 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 about as far west as you get back then, and for some reason. You know, old. I think Cardinals would be where he where he's at when he's like you know, uh, in the into the fifties and stuff. I think I think that's that's where he lands. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, like based on Metal Gear Solid Three, it doesn't seem like Big Boss has ever seen a movie in his life. So right. that kind of cultural <laughs> irrelevance belongs in St. Louis. So I think that's yeah. a great call. <laughs> I don't know how many Cardinals fans you have listening to this podcast. At least. At least a couple. There's a couple. Yeah, no, we have a couple. They'll tell us. They're when used they get to mad it. At They're us. used to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They can yeah, be yeah. mad at me. They can be mad at me. The Cubs yeah. fan. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, we we didn't say like we didn't call him a Nazi, so I think we'll be okay. <laughs> That's usually what they take umbrage with. Is and I want to be clear. I don't think Cardinals fans are Nazis. <laughs> All right, don't don't get mad at me. What other questions we got here? Okay, Izzy Gull says for Manu, what are we fucking trash here? Uh, please rank. <laughs> The following media properties, the Hobbit movies, the Rise of Skywalker, Game of Thrones season eight. Well, I think the best of those three is Game of Thrones season eight. Uh, Despite other faults, it actually has legitimately good parts, uh, which you can't really say about the rest of them. I mean, I think episode two of season eight is actually a good episode of television. Excuse me. The Hobbit movies have Lee Pace. That is true. true. I don't care. I don't care what he's in, how big of a piece of shit he's in. I'll always look at Lee Pace and... 
be fine it, with it. it. It just sucks that the one of the three Hobbit movies he's in most is the one that sucks so much more than the other two, which is an impressive feat. Um, That's true. That, that said, I will take the Hobbit movie second. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I think you can piece together a two-hour film out of those three movies that are about 80% Lee Pace and maybe some of the dragon <laughs> Bilbo stuff is pretty good and the Gollum scene is pretty good. So there you go. Yeah. There's two hours of quality. Rise of Skywalker, you know, literally everything wrong with that movie, you can kind of point to the writer strike and say like that. Um, like mm-hmm. when you're seeing like the terrible, terrible Carrie Fisher, uh, like CGI body doubles, um, just like how everything is just like a stupid callback. Not, I don't know. Rise of Skywalker is like one of the worst pieces of shit ever. <laughs> um, and I think it is like had a negative, like a negative effect on, uh, I don't know, pop culture, Star Wars. I don't know. Um, but I think it's just the worst, like the least redeemable of all those things. On that sort of adjacent to that, I have noticed there's like now this kind of Star Wars fan who like gets kind of mad at you if you say how good Andor was, like Andor Bros or something. Who yeah. are just like, it's... I guess we're seeing like the Ahsoka stuff going on right now. Mm. People who are like defend, like you know, let us enjoy our our treats. We don't want to talk about your good I... show right now. I am so. As someone whose favorite Star Wars thing, period, is uh, the Clone Wars, I am terrified to watch Ahsoka. I I don't want to do it because I love I love those things that they're going to be touching on so much. And it I looks know real it's, bad. And I know it's gonna I know it's gonna be bad. And I'm just so scared. And when I saw <laughs> the the people uh, that were you know fanning out pretty hard about ahsoka doing the like this is the most amazing shot i've ever seen when oh, it's like I anakin did walking in the I mist did... and, and he the lightning flashes and he turns into vader for a second and it got you know it had the you know it really smacked of the like one perfect shot thing with yeah. danny and the dragon wings mm-hmm. uh being like no 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 no. if you think that this is good you are like you're you're 11 years old mm-hmm. like <laughs> Yeah, it's really silly. I, I like I don't get it. Like they should be like championing Andor as the thing you want your Star Wars to be it's like. It's good. It's uh, really good. And like what really bugs me, like I haven't watched Ahsoka because uh, the Kenobi show broke me from anything that Dave Filoni is doing with Star Wars. I watched that but, whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Awful. Oh. You oh, watched that oh, whole I, thing? I, I, I did can... watch that whole thing. What? <laughs> but but it's Girl, just like I don't know. Um, you know, besides just like quality writing and acting i like my star wars to look good and sound good like costuming and makeup like those are things that are excellent about like even like the prequels but especially the original trilogy and then they're just absolute dog shit in this have you seen the contact lenses they're wearing in ahsoka because all these characters had different color eyes in the animated series so they're like trying to put in these fake contacts on everyone and they all look like they're pointed in different directions and it like kind of takes you out of the performance Uh, but like the costumes look cheap like most of it is like 75 (laughs) percent shot on the volume with no other like set decoration or craft work and you know, another thing maybe we don't talk about as much as like intensive set work and costuming and makeup. Those are usually, you know, gilded workers or people that are in a union or in a guild. Um, mm-hmm. So there's like some actual like quality assurance there. Whereas when you're just like not using those kind of unionized workers and just not building sets and doing everything through volume and relying on ununionized, you know, anime animation people, um, just a lower quality work. And, you know, part of why Andor mm-hmm. works is like, they went to Scotland and shot. They created yeah. this giant Rick's Road set. Um, They properly weathered their costumes. Like they could actually make points. It was like, oh, this loser, Cyril Karn, he actually tailored his Imperial outfit and we can tell a story using costuming. <laughs> Whereas yeah. everything you see on Andor looks like you bought it at like Party City or, or like Oscar, Spirit Oscar of Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, uh, the, sorry. <laughs> it's yeah. it's whatever, yeah. The, it's, whatever uh, the latest really Star Wars like cosplay. show. Yeah. Mm. And that's almost, I almost feel like I have to st- stand up for the cosplayers here because I've been to so many <laughs> Game of Thrones conventions. Like cosplayers put so much work into their they costumes, really, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, they really Dis- do. <laughs> and like Disney, not like with all the resources they have, and I think that's why 
Um, I kind of go insane about Star Wars. I think everyone knows about this. And part of it is, you know, people are always like, you know, it's not that important. People are just enjoying their show. And I'm like, we are in the middle of like two like historic labor strikes in Hollywood. And a lot of the issues they are talking about are parts of the mode of production of what Disney is doing and what Disney specifically doing in Disney Plus. And also Uh just like, I don't want my Star Wars to be garbage. (laughs) Like I would rather (laughs) watch good television and Mm -hmm. what there's already going to be a million people that are like, you know, going to click on the hashtag and say, yay, like, you know, the latest episode of Ahsoka changed my life or whatever. And it's like, I feel like people with four brain cells should, you know, think a little bit harder and like, be like, we, we we need to keep this like art thing in check because we are going so far down the content slop and content industry with everything. Like, I don't know. It's sorry. I'm like kind of losing my train of thought, but it just, that is even a point of contention with the strike. It's like how -hmm. much the studios are just calling stuff content instead of calling it, you know, art or writing or, you know, film and television, they're calling it content. And that is a problem with it. So you're you're not like a screenwriter. You're like a, like, like it's like a script technician. Mm-hmm. And right. brought in for like a couple of days. Right. And, yeah. Right. And this was a model that Disney Plus started with their WandaVisions and mm-hmm. Mando season ones, where um, instead of doing like a showrunner, showrunner, like most things are, they would just do like a head writer and a head um, like director and kind of pair them together. And they were they were kind of reinventing the gender binary because at least with the Marvel shows, they was like, we're going to do one woman writer and one male director or one woman director and one male writer. And that was like the leads on like the first six or seven Marvel projects for Disney plus. Um, and it's just like, they're doing these things to just kind of get around like these guild rules or these uh, what they call requirements in the union contracts about, you know, how we pay out writers. If you're no longer a showrunner, but you are just, had you know whatever it changes like how you're paid what kind of residuals Mm -hmm. you get um and this is what disney plus was specifically doing and ahsoka seems very much in the same model whereas Mm -hmm. it looks like Andor they stuck to like a traditional television model that you'd see with like an hbo or an amc or an fx show i have to i have to watch Andor. i i'm i'm i feel so bad that i haven't yet that's been on my list forever and i gotta do it well well, I did. So I did get the email from Disney Plus that uh, that my they were raising their rates, and my response yeah. to that was to immediately cancel it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll I'll see I'll see how I can how I can get some Andor in my life. Maybe watch, make watch, that happen. Watch watch the twenty one billion dollar whole one first. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It just sucks that all the Simpsons are on Disney Plus because that kind of like holds me hostage to the service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I have like the first 11 seasons on DVD, they do not render well on no. modern Blu-ray players. Um, so it's... I actually, I I found this like like 3D printing kit where you can like 3D print the model of the, the Simpsons TV, like the original like bunny ears TV and put a little LCD screen in it. It's like a little 480 by 270 uh, you know, standard definition screen and like like a little Raspberry Pi in there with a little SD card with the episodes on it and just have a 24-7 Simpsons loop going of the golden age. I'm kind of tempted to do it. If I could find some with like a with a 3D printer locally. That is that is an uh, extremely Lauren project. And like I'm a little so, little desktop yeah. Simpsons t- like t- perma TV. That would be great. I oh want my. that for you so bad. Yeah, it's like the old MTV Cribs episodes where it's like I got Scarface running 24 seven on, <laughs> on the like when flat screens are new, and then it's just like yeah, Lauren has a tiny little computer running 480p <laughs> rips of of Simpsons uh, season seven running. Yeah, you say that like it wouldn't be hypnotizing to anyone in our age. Right? Group. Yes, <laughs> of course it would. See if you actually had space, you should get like a Simpsons arcade cabinet and then put the mm-hmm. uh, CRT oh. screen into that and play them on that on loop. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, all right, that was the last of the questions that we had. Uh Manu, thank you so much for coming. Where can we find you besides right here on uh, this episode? You'll probably find me every September on Batting Around, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, you'll find me on whatever social media I'm on at Manuclear Bomb. Uh my I'm only doing two podcasts now. I was doing three last time I was here. 
Um, we are doing uh, Lord of the Rings at My Brother, My Captain, My Podcast, and we just started covering The Return of the King. Um, so hop on over there. Um, that movie's kind of cool. And then uh, over at Nauticast, A-S-O-I-A-F, we cover A Song of Ice and Fire, the books that Game of Thrones are based on. And in October, we are covering the Purple Wedding Chapters, which is Ooh. the death of Joffrey Baratheon at yeah. his royal wedding. Uh, spoilers, I guess, for people who haven't read or watched but uh, so those are pretty big chapters, pretty big episodes for us. So if you're interested in that, please come check us out. All right. Hell yeah. And uh, if you want to watch or if you want to listen to us talk about uh, another movie, we'll have uh, another episode of Couching Around coming out on our for our Patreon supporters. Uh, we're going to be watching Everybody Wants Some. Uh, so go ahead over to patreon.com slash batting around sign up to get that and all of our other bonus episodes uh as well as during the month of october and during the playoffs we'll definitely be bringing back our uh, watch alongs so uh go sign up there there the watch alongs are a ton of fun um i'm sure there's going to be a lot of other great stuff so go ahead and support the show patreon.com slash batting around all right thank you for listening everyone bye